What you're about to hear was aired on Planet Philadelphia, environmental radio show on Germantown Community Radio, 92.9 FM, WGGTLP in Philadelphia, and on gtownradio.com. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into Planet Philadelphia. I'm Kay Wood, the host. Linda Rosenwein, our assistant producer reporter, is here with me. We're on a call with Lori Sokol. She's the executive director and editor-in-chief of Women's E-News. And I did want to let people know, part of this conversation will be about gender violence. People are probably thinking gender violence in the environment and climate change. What does that have to do with each other? But I promise you there really is a link and that is what we will be exploring. But I do want people to know that that will be part of our discussion. And and if people would be upset by that content, they should be warned. Laurie, thank you so much for talking with us. And could you tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into things? Oh, sure. I'd be I'd be happy to. So I am, as, as you had said before, the executive director and editor-in-chief of Women's E-News, uh, which is the only global nonprofit women's news organization that provides uh, exclusive coverage of the most crucial issues impacting women and girls around the world. This is our 23rd year, and we pretty much operate like uh, an associated press. We provide exclusive coverage. We have women reporters in some of the most dangerous parts of the world for women and girls. And they provide us with content uh, that we then feed out to the mainstream media. Our reports have been picked up everywhere from the New York Times to the Washington Post, Philadelphia Inquirer, Baltimore Sun, NPR, PBS, etc. And also community newspapers, as we see everywhere from New York to New Delhi and all points in between. When we were talking earlier, you also said that you wrote a book. Well, yes. uh, The name of the book is She Is Me, How Women Will Save the World, where I interviewed 30 women who I personally know from all parts of society, women who are activists and have spent their work and their life advocating and and, uh, fighting for women's rights and equality, Uh, also focusing on one of the most uh, important and most often cited issues that they did talk about was the environment and climate change. Uh, And particularly in the book, I write about how the women who are heads of countries, right, from New Zealand to Taiwan to Iceland, etc., primarily focus on environmental issues. They understand that What happens to our planet affects us all, affects future generations. It affects everybody regardless of gender, right? Orientation, age, race, religion, as COVID has taught us. Nobody is immune to what happens when there's any kind of global pandemic that can also be exacerbated by climate change. We saw that there is a new report, I believe the beginning of February, that a group of women's rights activists from 128 countries put together about the rise in violence against women and girls worldwide and how 
climate change is a consequential threat multiplier for women and girls. So I was wondering if you could talk about that. Oh, I, of course. Um, but I wanted to ask you first, uh, was it the UN that put out this report? Through the UN, yeah. Yeah. Through the United Nations, okay. Because I know okay. they came up with something recently. Before you start, I think it might be important to define the word violence as you are using it in this context. Or is it actual physical violence only, or rights, or suffering, or threats, or how are you using that term? Because it was used somewhat broadly in the UN report. Yes, violence means all of the above. It is physical violence. It is violence against one's mental health, one's safety, one's security. Any um, aspect of a person where their safety and security is threatened, whether emotionally or physically, is a threat of violence. Again, I think people may have a difficulty making the link between climate change events and the threat of violence for women and girls. And I was wondering if you could expand upon that. Okay. Well, there, there's plenty of research and plenty of facts and figures. Anybody could just go on Google and type in gender-based violence and climate change and the number of reports and facts and figures that will show up or with pages and pages and pages that have been very carefully researched um, and calculated uh, in this country and around the world. So, for example, um, the rates of gender-based violence have spiked with the onset of COVID-19, and this was compounded by issues such as climate change, which also contributes to resource scarcity, rising levels of conflict, and economic downturns. They're all interrelated and interconnected. And because these foster insecurity, both physical, emotional, and even financial, they increase levels of stress and fear within homes and communities which often result in heightened violence for those people who are the most marginalized, which are largely women and girls. And this is one that is, yes, a global problem. You can imagine if there's a scarcity of water and girls who normally uh, have to walk miles to gather water have to then walk even further by themselves right, to gather water, it, it, it just puts them out in the public in a way that attracts increased violence against them, not because of anything those girls are doing, they're just trying to, you know, provide resources for their family. But the danger of any woman or girl being out in the public is always one that um, can invite danger, and it does invite danger. Um, I think most men who do not experience it, are not aware of how every day, in every way, the moment a woman or girl steps out her front door, she you know, opens herself up to violence and assault. I believe they don't even have to step out the front door, though. Well, that's the other point. That is the other point. And intimate partner violence uh, also increases exponentially during any kind of tragedy, or crisis, if we were to look at, for example, in this country, following Hurricane Katrina, right, in 2005, the rate of rape among women increased over 53%, okay? And even a year after 
Katrina in Mississippi, it increased um, over 53%. In total, just look at the United States without any particular disasters. Um, one in four women experience intimate partner violence in their lifetimes, right? One out of four. And one in three women experience sexual violence in their lifetimes, meaning not necessarily from intimate partner, but from anywhere else. This is what women and girls are up against. Um, and certainly if there is any um, negative impact to one's normal way of living through, whether it be um, hurricanes, um, pandemics, um, you name it, heat, uh, flooding, lack of rain, um, it is the women and girls that are most affected through violence. Is there a difference uh, depending on the age of women and girls? Uh, and what kind of women and girls are most at risk? The women and girls who are most at risk are those who do not have their own financial resources. It, it's extremely important for women to have their own financial resources. Um, and of course, women who are living with men, because men are the ones who are the perpetrators. They are responsible for the violence against women. It's not, um, I, the percentage of women committing violence against other women is, is, is minor in comparison to what men do to women. And that's also done through uh, sex trafficking for example, look what happened in Ukraine and the war in Ukraine and, and girls were promised that they would uh, be safely transported to other countries where they would be protected. Um, but these men only put them out into sex trafficking rings. Uh, child marriage increases during um, these uh, natural disasters as well because families can't afford to feed their children and girls are more expendable. So they're forced more into child marriage. So the family, the parents can at least get some money for selling their daughter into child marriage or sex trafficking. Um, so in all of these ways, um, women are, but poorer women, certainly women of color, primarily as well. And also women of the LGBTQ community, because we are also marginalized. You know, it's not just being a woman, but then there's another label right if you're a member of that community so uh the lgbtq community is blamed for a lot of things that um, is not their fault women are blamed for a lot of things not their fault people of color are blamed for a lot of things that are not their fault and who are they primarily blamed by white cis men it has been like this in the united states for generations um and through that blaming they also feel that they uh, have the right to harm and commit violence against women and those closest to them, those they live with. And um, this is something, it, it's inexcusable. But too often perpetrators are not being held responsible for their actions, particularly if it's within their homes, because uh, too often judges, police officers believe that uh, what happens in the home is between the husband and wife and no one else should intervene. Of course, it's gotten a lot better over the years as there have been female police officers and female judges and women who are holding political office 
right, around our country and people of the LGBTQ community that are holding public office to fight for our rights, to help defend our rights. But something that has not yet happened, which would be very, very helpful in the United States, for those of you who don't know, the United States is the only country in the world, the only democracy where women are not included in the constitution. So there is no equal rights amendment for women in the constitution. We are not considered equal. If we did have the equal rights amendment, we would have a platform to stand on in so many different areas, including women's reproductive rights. What happened in June of 2022, when the Supreme Court overturned Roe, made it resoundingly clear that women in this country are second-class citizens. Every woman listening to this show is officially now a second-class citizen in the United States. Your daughters, your nieces, your mothers, you're all second-class citizens because of what the Supreme Court did in June of 2022. And unless we have the Equal Rights Amendment, every female is officially um, and legally given equal status to men. Our rights can continually be taken away. So nobody, I don't care how financially comfortable you are, I don't care whatever your race is, you are not equal in this country. And we could get into this on another show, but that is all about how countries enslave women is by taking away their reproductive rights. And that's what this is all about. The problem is women have been coming too highly educated to financially independent, now holding public office. They don't need to be dependent on men anymore. And that's why the Republican agenda is to make abortion illegal nationally so that it's the way that you keep women from getting educated, the way you keep women from becoming financially independent. It's the way you make sure women are dependent upon men. That's what this is all about. So we all need to be very, very clear about that. And also, it is mostly the Republican Party that doesn't believe that climate change exists because it goes against their agenda. And of all the uh, billions of dollars that big oil companies are pocketing and also providing and contributing to their um, campaigns at the expense of the safety of our planet and the safety of all marginalized communities in our country, primarily women and girls. Thank you for talking with us today. Well, it was my pleasure. I know, I know there's a lot of heavy stuff, but it's all true. It's real. And without acknowledging the state of the way things are throughout this world for women and girls and how climate change is further negatively impacting them, there's no way we can counteract it or begin any work right, to counteract it. So um, we first need to know the truth, and then we need to know what to do to um, make a difference. Well, I really appreciate you talking with us today. Thanks for your passion. All right. Have a great day. You too. You too. If you want to know more about Planet Philadelphia, go to planetphiladelphia.com. You could also find out more about other G-Town Radio programming by going to gtownradio.com. I hope you will consider making a small monthly donation to help Planet Philadelphia continue presenting interviews on important 
underreported environmental topics and exploring their complexities and intersections. Thank you so much for your support.